So I imagine your songs are like your children. It's impossible to pick a favorite, but can we talk about some of your love songs? They don't have to be your all-time favorites. They just have to be the favorite in this moment while we're talking here on this podcast. Well, let's think about this. Let me look at this list. You know, I, I, I wrote one called Love of My Life on the new record for, as, a, as a gift to my wife for her 40th birthday. Recognized your face, a vision like Helen of Troy. You came to me when I was still a boy. It was you I had to find, and I could have found you blind. Of all the best memories that live in my head, it's you and those blue jeans. On the day that we met, I knew right then we would be friends. You're the love of my life. Mom in heaven, looking down. I think she knew it when she met me, and she helped you figure out of all those guys. Knocking on your door There'll never be one who love you more But of all the best memories That live in my head It's you in those blue jeans On the day that we met I knew right then We would be friends You're the love of my life You're the love of my life This is a simple song about simple things A boy and a girl in a wedding ring Saying it's simple doesn't make you mean less off from those blue jeans Right to that wedding dress, yeah They live in my head It's you in those blue jeans On the day that we met I knew right then We would be friends You're the love of my life You're the love of my life I, that was one where I took it out to the audience. I'd written the first verse in the chorus, and I took it out. I remember I played it in Denver, and I could feel the first verse and chorus. Every, I could feel the audience leaning in. Oh, you know, and the chorus hits, you're the love of my life, people holding hands. I was like, this is great. And then the song went on, and I, it kind of like lost the thread. So I thought, well, maybe Denver doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> oh, let me try this again. I played it again in Des Moines, and uh, kind of the same thing. And then I realized, like, okay, I haven't quite captured the essence of what it is to feel like you have 
the love of your life, you know? And uh, I just kept working on it, and we were about to go in the studio, and I was in um, Chicago taping a, a an interview at this music store, and there was an old 1948 guitar there. I picked it up and started strumming a, a version of this song, and these bridge lyrics, like the whole song, again, just kind of came together on this thing. And this bridge came together that I had never written down or thought of. And the bridge was, and this isn't lyrically genius or anything, but I'm just going to tell you what the bridge is. It says, it's a, this is a simple song about simple things, a boy and a girl and a wedding ring. Saying it's simple doesn't make it mean less. Oh, from those blue jeans right to that wedding dress, you're the love of my life. And that was just, again, sitting there. And I thought, this is okay. I don't need to make this song any more complex than what I'm saying. It's just like, we got lucky we're here and you're, you know, yeah, the access of my world. You, know? you think that people would be tired of silly love songs, but they're not. No. You know, Paul McCartney wrote, wrote simple songs about love songs. And and they're all great. I mean, you can hear a million of them. You hear it's, and they keep they keep reminding you of what love is. Uh, this is going to sound a little new agey, but I... I think it's you know it's the gasoline that that our hearts run on and and you, it, the more tapped into it you are the more full your life is going to be and the less you have of it the more miserable it's going to be so if a love song reminds you of what's most important God bless you know so is there a chapter in your new book on that on on love and marriage or? marriage marriage is chapter one oh yeah right out of the box is, marriage is actually chapter one and uh, it's. It's a it's sort of a funny chapter because it's a lot of it's just my I, I mean people erroneously oh what a good husband you must be like these songs I'm like eh, I don't <laughs> I don't know where you're getting that necessarily I mean in the book I share my many you know I'm I'm not I do I'm in the middle I'm not the worst husband I'm not the best you right know? and I always ask the artist when you play this for the person that you wrote it about in this case you very specifically. I believe wrote it about Kirsten, Kirsten yeah. your wife. Yeah. How does she react? It's like, does she? <laughs> She's cool. I mean, I think she liked it. She liked this one. I mean, she doesn't, she'd love me if I wrote songs. She'd love me if I didn't write songs. It's okay. So but it's not. Here's like your postcard to her, or your, your Valentine you've written. Like, I mean, are you expecting her to break down in tears and hug you? She's got a very even reaction and I've learned not to be needy and need her to do anything more. It's like, I'm just, it's just my offering. It's not how she reacts is not part of the deal. And uh, it's like, it's like me saying what I need to say to her and she can receive it on her own time, you know? And she does, she doesn't, she's never been real mad about a song and, you know, I'll give her a hard time sometimes because she'll come to the show and I'll be like, did you see any of it or did you hang backstage? You know, like it's, she, she doesn't, she's supportive. She likes my music a lot, but so when I played this, it was at her birthday party, which was we had uh, three couples over and we had dinner, and uh, and I said, all right, well, this is one of my things. I wrote this song, and I'm sure what I can tell you with certainty, Doug, is that the other couples there were more impressed, <laughs> <laughs> and their wives are like, why can't you do that for me? Well, totally, totally, <laughs> yeah. you know, totally. And I don't want to make my wife sound like a humbug. I'm not trying to throw her under the bus because she loved it, but it was like, she was like, oh, thank you so much, you know, but it was just like the other 
couples were crying and like, oh my God, how did you do that? Like she was, you know, she was like, I love you too, babe. You know, it was, she's just, uh, it's cool. It works. I'm plenty emotional for both of us. So it's good to have somebody who's a little more stoic in the relationship, you know? So I always ask artists, do you watch the crowd and how they're reacting in a song like that? Do you, do you like love it when they start to cry in, in songs? Is that, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, is that kind of you know it's working? I what like, do you look I for? I like tears. I, tears. Tears is a tears is fun. Tears is really what I really want to do more than anything is connect with the people who are watching me play. And um, if someone is brought to tears, you know you've succeeded. To me, that's one of the clearest indicators. Um, but and it's funny. I was just uh, hanging out with a a great songwriter named Andrew McMahon this afternoon. And we were discussing this very thing and saying that now 20 years into our careers, both of us, I try not to adjust myself to the audience. I try not to, Oh, you know, they're reacting this way. So I need to do this or I need to do that. But I do observe the audience, you know, and I do care. I just don't want to get off track from what it is that I'm, I believe here to do, you know, and too often in the early days, you know, you walk in in a crowd and you just, you're, you're like a leaf in the wind, like, oh, the crowd wants upbeat this. Oh, they want, you know, and you don't really know who you are then, you know, and you don't really give them an indicator of what you do. And right. there, there's music for everything. There's music for partying too. There's music for, for sitting quietly in a theater too, and people can receive it different ways. So my goal now is to go be myself. If I do that well, then, and I don't sound like a jerk, but then I don't care what the audience does. Right. I love it when they're when they get on my train. But do you have certain songs that are the usual audience cheering songs? But you know, more than anything, what it depends upon is the situation. Yeah. You know, out here at Sundance, you don't always get a shot. It's too chatty. You know, too many people just getting drunk and schmoozing. You know, there were a lot of people from L.A. here, and with the Kobe Bryant um, situation of his untimely passing, a lot of people who people were on the level. knew him yeah, and people were playing, uh, in particular, I saw Rain Phoenix play a song and her album is about, it's called River, about her grief resolution process. Cool. And uh, there were tears in that love audience. That. There were tears in that audience. I love that. If yeah. you give, if you give music a chance to do what it's designed to do, you can get there. And, uh, you know, if you took ACDC's You Shook Me All Night Long and you brought it into a folk cafe, it might be confusing. And in the, by the same token, if you take high highs, low lows into a, a loud bar, it's probably not going to invoke a sing-along. It's not an Irish, you know, uh, sea shanty, you know, thing. For me, it's all about just you try to, as often as possible, put yourself in situations where you can do what it is you do. And then you just let the music work like medicine. You just put it out and it does what it's going to do. You know? How do you know when a song is done? A great question. And I've heard a lot of other songwriters answer this question, but I don't know that I have, um, which is amazing. But I guess it's just, you just let it go at some point, you know? You can keep, you know, there's, there. I have songs that are in theory, done that I don't think are done. Like I didn't quite finish, but you just, you've already recorded them and whatnot. So, you know, uh, but at some point, 
the air can go out of the balloon a little bit with a song. You know, if you keep tinkering too long, you can lose the you can lose the plot, you know. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.